Hello and welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. Another week of Less Than Jays upon you. Jake, it is an excellent opportunity for me to do one of my favorite intros, where if I say if we were doing this show at X hour, it would be one way. If we were doing the show at the hour we're doing it now, it's another way. I jumped on quickly on the Patreon and recorded a Sunday Scaries, a new thing where I was like, I have Sunday night available coming up for the next little bit. Why not, why not do a quick 15-minute Sunday show? Uh, throughout September for the $9 tier on Patreon. And uh, listen, it was Meltdown City once again, the series against the Angels. We talked last week about how they had like 19 games until they got to this really important series against the Rays. And they started that off by losing three in a row to the Angels. And I, I think it felt a lot worse in the aftermath of that, especially after Saturday where they had been outscored uh, 14-0 through two games. It certainly felt pretty low. Things are turning. Things are beating. They're, they're scratching out wins against a different bad team now. So <laughs> things are okay for a little bit. The Blue Jays uh, beating the Cubs on Monday, and now in the midst, as we record, in the late innings against the Cubs on Tuesday. Um, Jake, so I guess I'll ask you two questions. Aside from how you're doing, my first question would be, how are you feeling today? My first question would be, how are you feeling on Sunday? afternoon and how are you feeling today my two questions for you well obviously on sunday it was as you said meltdown city meltdown city hard not to go from the highs of the boston and new york series to almost literally not being able to score on the angels yes um and now you know I'm trying to think of the way to phrase it without just sounding, without just stating the obvious, I guess. Sure. Like, far be it from me to ever suggest that melting down or getting angry at the team is the wrong thing to do. Yeah, because it feels good. It feels good. It feels good. It feels, and feel your, when the team is bad, yell about them being bad. It's part that's, of being a fan. Yeah. yeah, that's absolutely fine and absolutely great. Uh, but at the same time, you know, obviously some of this is contingent on them holding on and winning tonight. (laughs) (laughs) As long as they win every game that I watch. (laughs) (laughs) But more that, but also more in the sense of like, we talked last week. And we kind of said how the, you know, the, they're a very streaky team. Like, I think they're like literally 26 and 26 in the last 52 or something like that. Or very close to, and it's all made up of runs either way. Um, Like we said last week, how when you build up, when you get wins earlier in the season, you are sort of um, given the permission to sort of have those bad streaks and then you know and it's not quite as painful as it would be otherwise you know we talked about the 2017 Dodgers and that uh-huh. one in 16 streak they had um, right. 2016 Cubs 2016 Cubs exactly yeah. um, 2016 Blue Jays um, but we also said last week that when you win a bunch at the beginning of the year, but not enough 
to have a Yankees or Dodgers-esque division lead, you only have room for one of those bad streaks in the second half. And the Jays have used theirs, I think. And I think my big fear on Sunday was not so much the sheer incompetence of losing three games to the Angels, uh, or even losing three in a row, but more to the fact that the way they were playing and the vibes around that weekend kind of were saying to me that they were about to start that second big slide that they can't afford. Yeah, it wasn't just losing to the Angels. It was the way they were losing to the Angels. Defensive things, non-competitive at-bats, when they get the pitching, not getting any hitting at all, and then completely letting down the pitcher, letting down Mitch White on Friday big time. Um, You know, there was conversation before that game even started about how tired the team was. They certainly looked it. You you even wanted to let that excuse Friday, which, you know, sort of out of the time of the year to excuse things. It was ugly. It was ugly baseball. It was really, it was really bad. Um, and if you were the kind of person that blames the, I don't want to say outlier nature, but when you, you know, I spent some time this week just sort of sitting down and just looking at all the numbers. We do this all the time, right? You pull up the Fangraphs page or you pull up the Baseball Reference page, and you're like, well, everyone's like, what are you asking, right? Everyone's hitting 105 WRC plus, and you know, every, everyone's doing this, and you're, you're sort of looking at it, you're just like, well, then it should work. Like, work, <laughs> right. goddammit, is what should happen <laughs> uh, when everybody's hitting that way. But the reality is, you know, as much as it is a complete lineup that has had a lot of surprises lower in the lineup, it really does come around to when you look at it, and it's like, well, it makes a huge difference when George Springer plays, and... I want to get into a bunch of sort of things, throw a bunch of Vladdy numbers at you because it's Vladdy's well, having. I'm a, glad I was hoping you're going to have the Vladdy conversation today. He's just having a really interesting year. I, I honestly, yeah. and I, I want to go into it. I'll start this by saying I don't think Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is the like the problem, right? The problem no. isn't Vladimir, but it's a really interesting microcosm happening within the year where, like, I think he really he really does well represent who the team is um, because. Similar to how you, when you look at the overall roster, you're like, well, the WRC plus, for God's sakes, is like a 139. 39% better WRC plus than the rest of the league. You know, he's a top 22. I think he's 22nd when I looked at, looked this up. Jeff Jeff McNeil is uh, a 140. Um, you know, he's, uh, yeah, 22nd best hitter in baseball by that standard. Um, and he just hit a home run. It's a home run. Exactly right. This is why you're not too worried about it, right? Is is I think because the issue is the launch angle. Is launch angle the Just same as Ryan Maltapia? And it's interesting with four point five. Ryan Maltapia is a four point four. Remind me about the uh, losing streak conversation because I want to come back to it. But now we're on Vlad because now I want to say something else. But yeah. uh, with Vlad, like the. Launch angle conversation I find is really interesting with him because it seems like it's this is the third year in a row now where it's come up. Well, and last like, year it was like no problem. Well, no, at the beginning of the year we were talking about how he's hitting ground balls all the time. And yeah. then he turned into an absolute monster for the second half. Uh, isolated power, 219, 28th. Brandon, Brandon Drury at 225. But that's... that's just, that, Disgust me that Brandon Drury has value this year. I don't believe in uh, expecteds, but weighted expected on base average, which is the number that gets you WRC plus, uh, 364, 19th, uh, which is one slot behind Rowdy Tellez. 
So they're sort of like he's hitting well. He, you know, his his the war on Fangraphs is a two point six because he loses a lot for playing first base. He's like ahead of Jerickson Profar, fifty fifth <laughs> in war. Um, but despite all the warts, like still so talented that he's a top twenty hitter. Um, I really believe in it because everything is telling you like. He's just gone through an incredible run of ground balls, and I hope the home run he just hit is is the thing that turns it around. Because and yet, and yet, to your point, he's still tenth in the American League in slugging. Absolutely, he's still having a, <laughs> he's still having a, a good year. It's that this team goes to a different level when he is having a great year. Yes. Springer plays and Vlad is playing great. That's sort of the different level. And that's sort of where, where we, when we talk about. Um, what the offense can do and who they can be. That is sort of what it's predicated upon. It's it, and it, it's not I, about Vlad being 25th best. You're hoping for him to be top, you know, single digits here, top five, top top seven. Like, yeah, but you're also, I think, I think Vlad's year last year moved the goalpost so much on what a good Vlad year looks like that, like, he's, just to throw out other numbers that are not quite as advanced, granted, but... In him, he's fourth and fifth, second now after that home run. He's second now in hits in the American League. Mm. He's third in total bases in the American League. He's now fifth, now seventh in home runs. In the, I think also like we are the deflated offensive numbers this year. I think are also skewing things. Sure. Because if right. you were to tell me Vlad has 27 home runs in on August 31st and he's seventh in the league, you'd be like, "Well, that's crazy." But he is. Feels different when Judge is at 50, though. It does, but that. <laughs> but to put it in perspective, he's Vlad is now four back of second place in the American League in home runs. Yeah, he's he's wildly talented in that like seventh and sixth in runs batted in. Yeah. And been doing this, and I have had a couple times, I think, where the general discussion was that he wasn't playing that well, and and you would then be look up and he was had like a sixteen game hitting streak. Yeah, um, they're just all singles. It, so I think I think that is why, Jake, to to both the points you've made and the points I've made, both of those things being true, I think that's why he's sort of the perfect guy to describe what this season has been like. Because depending on how you feel, you can be like, well, Vlad's been very good. He's been one of the best hitters in baseball. Uh, in these certain ways, and, and and then you know, the counter argument isn't that he's been bad. It's like yes, he's been as good as some other pretty good players. We wanted to be a superstar, uh, mm-hmm. which I think you're right about the you're right about the goal, moved goalposts. But also like you know, the year didn't come out of nowhere. It wasn't like who's no, this guy? It was like everything that tells they tell you going in is like yeah, this guy's the future MVP. This guy's the best hitter, and, and he's here. But point taken. Um, and I think there are a lot of factors obviously into that. And number one, obviously fixing the ground ball. The ground ball rate stuff, I think, is is number one, and, and the home run tonight. Again, he's a guy that um, the ground balls. He he's still hitting them so goddamn hard. <laughs> like he all he has to do is hit them a little bit up, and they go out. He hits home runs on uh, ridiculous launch angles. So I'm uh, Vlad. Vlad sort of represents why I'm not that worried about the Blue Jays. And uh, Sunday aside, I think I, I think th- it's a great I think it's a great point comparing it to the team too, because you look at sort of. The narrative, the vibes, the, you know, whatever you want to point to with the Blue Jays this year, whether you want to point to this weekend or six days ago or two months ago, and it's sort of all over the place, but then you go and look at, you know, they're still, they have the second best offense in the American League this year. 
That's right. by runs scored. They are, if we're going, you know, if we want to go over to go over to Vegas and talk about the betting lines, they're uh, third in the American League for odds to win the World Series or to win the American League, I suppose. They're, yeah, they're the third best team in the AL. They're a game back of the first wild card spot. And How did Tampa, how did Tampa fucking sneak into this conversation? You knew, that, you knew they would. <laughs> but like, As it's not as... all this for three games at the Trop. I swear to God. <laughs> it is not... I also want to talk about playoff seeding in a second. But it is not a stretch, I believe, to suggest that the Blue Jays are the third best team in the American League. No, no, it's not a stretch. You might, you might be being generous. Um, exactly. But I, I think that just illustrates exactly what you're saying in regards to Vlad re the Blue Jays. Right. Where clearly this is a team that I think just the way this team is constructed and the, you know, the choices of how the front office chose to build the bullpen again, uh, the choices of how they've chosen to bolster the offense uh, or lack thereof, and how they, this, I, and how the team approaches playing baseball, how right. Bo approaches his plate appearances, how everyone but Matt Chapman seemingly approaches playing defense, how <laughs> it's Matt it, Chapman, it, a beloved. Is he, he's it's man, taking a minute? I love Matt Chapman. He's the best. He's the absolute best. Um, but all those things don't lend themselves to watching a team being like, wow, what a great team. Yeah. I mean, I have no but problem with, you, the bull, with the bullpen. Bullpen's been fine. Amazing. Bullpen's been fine lately. I just don't like how... I don't like the fact we went to the year once again being like, well, if Merriweather and Pearson stay healthy, watch Yeah, but out. what if Merriweather comes back? Like... <laughs> right. <laughs> hey, the, the, my, uh, my Ken Giles flyer is dead, which made If you're going to do it, if you're, if you're only going to get one month... From, I I've agree. often said, if I you're agree. only going to get one month from, from Merriweather, it may as well be no, September 1st. No, I agree. Bring them up as soon as they're able and let's see what happens. But... <laughs> But no, I think that you the way the team plays and the way the season has gone, it, none of it is like, ah, dominance. Right. Awesome. But then it's like, oh, they're still the third best team in the league and have a puncher's chance against anybody in a yeah. playoff series. Um, I feel very good based on some of the stuff that I saw. You talked about vibes and bench stuff. It really did feel... Uh, Yesterday was huge. I'm, I don't like to put too much value on one game against a bad team. It's a big moment. But Danny Jansen home run after shaking the hat seemed like a moment to me. You know what it was for me, Jake? Uh, I know it's such a normie take, but it's... I just no, it, I love that. This is the sort of stuff that makes baseball beautiful. Um, and what it is for me was the vibes, the sort of the vibe check over the weekend, as we mentioned. Uh, like, Teoscar Hernandez was sad this weekend. And, like, yeah. the team what just, was like... on there? The team... I swear to God, they cannot play well when Teoscar Hernandez is sad. It's just, like, it doesn't work. And... To see to to for them to be at such depths that they're going to the hat thing, just like trying any way they can to sort of make sure that they're all back to like supporting each other and cheering for each other and making a big deal and making plays, um, is beautiful. With, with like Teoscar in the day off to either rest his foot, quote unquote, or like sort of get the wake up call of like if you're you're either hurt or you're not, right? You sort of you can't <laughs> right. you can't play and let your sore foot be an excuse for you not playing well. You have to you have to do one of the two things. Um, I thought sorted out there. Yeah, it, it, it's it's important to do that stuff. I, t I totally believe in 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 the guys believing it. All they have to do is believe it for it to be real. Um, so that sort of thing is my jam. The the you know the upside down hats. 
You know what else uh, is your and our and this show's jam? That's getting ahead of ourselves and talking yes. to something that doesn't matter yet. Perfect. Because I had a thought, I had like, like a shower thought last night that I was like, oh, I need to ask Zeus about this. <laughs> I'm going to grant you that this does not matter yet. I love this. But as you just correctly said a moment ago, if all this is for three games, the trop, what a nightmare. Yes. Would you prefer the Jays to just sneak in in the sixth spot and go play three games in Cleveland instead? Yeah, 100%. 100%. I I hadn't even considered that, like, seeding is a thing now in baseball. I think I would rather play Cleveland than either of the wildcard teams, to be honest. Right, exactly. Go cross-country to Seattle? No, thank you. Although, who knows, man? Yeah, this team, who knows? But But you're right. My point is... There is going to come a time in the next few weeks where that is going to be a discussion. Interesting. I hadn't really thought about it, but you're right. Yeah, I don't really know where I land on it yet, because obviously there's still a month to go, and who knows who any of the teams are and what spots at that point, but... Yeah, starting to worry about that second uh, AL Central team as well. Yeah. Because for some reason, we talked about it earlier this year, I remember you being very, very frustrated. Like, for some reason, they lose to Central teams all the time. Last year, that series in Minnesota, I it I'm it bothered me. The whole it still bothers me. Twins are sixty six and sixty one, so they're um, yeah three ahead of the Jays in the loss column. I mean, Did I think it, I also think that behind, we, pardon me. I also think what what we said last week is true, and I think that if you look at the if you're able to sort of look at this week past weekend as just a three game stretch as that, and that's all it is, and I think that's probably what it was. Hey, Thank, people went thankfully. to see Otani, and he was fucking unbelievable all three days. Yeah, exactly. Got beat by a superhuman. What are you going to do? But if you if it's just a three-game set, then I think what we said last week remains true, and that, you know, that five-game series against the Rays is kind of going to tell the whole story. Yeah, it's going to be huge. And I remember this happened last year, where there was a stretch. I think it was in September. It could have been in late August. I think it was beginning of September last year, though where they went to New York for four, and then they played either the Rays or Boston and Baltimore. And it was just like a long stretch of important teams. And I remember you and I talking pretty much every week, point like circling the calendar and being like, none of this matters until this two week stretch. And I kind of feel the same. And it turned out that didn't matter at all because of the way the season ended. But <laughs> <laughs> I feel the same right now about the that five gamer against the Rays Mm, where it's like, if they just, if everyone sort of, you know, holds serve for the next seven days or whatever it is, which I sort of expect to happen. Yeah. Then, you know, on, as you said, on September 10th or whatever it is, we'll see where we're at. Got a TCB against the Orioles. That's, that's operation number one for me. I want to look at the schedule. (laughs) Have to take care of the Orioles. Cannot, cannot have them hanging around. Like it was a, Funny thing that happened in August uh, has to get serious here. Has to get um, two and a half up on the on a on a playoff spot right now. So um, yeah, wow, I hadn't thought about the seating, Jake. That's a good point. I don't want right? to fucking pl- yeah. Unless they're like, I would take. I guess Seattle at home. You you like your chances? I don't but, know. They got. I guess it depends if Robbie Ray can cross the border. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That may that make him into play. Uh, but boy, three in the trop is three in the trop's a nightmare. That's about as bad as I could possibly feel about making the playoffs, right? Yeah, I think so. You, if you were to ask any Jays fan, I think, 
what would you least like to do in the playoffs? Just three games, no matter what, in the drop. Right? I think you'd rather have three in Yankee Stadium than three in the drop. Honestly, you know what? yeah. They clearly don't mind playing in Yankee Stadium. Yucky, drop yuck. Is just, uh, drop is just cursed. It's cursed. Uh, big exciting news. Roster move. Uh, the Blue Jays. That's right. How can we forget? Bring back our guy, Bradley Zimmer. Listen, the guy, I, the guy has two, he does two things that they are very happy about that, uh, that I think Blake so eloquently put on the radio, um, maybe don't matter over a 162 game sample, but could maybe matter in a shortened series. The ability to, to, to base run and, uh, and play defense. Yeah. You could see a situation where you have to, you have to maybe do that. I don't know. Those are also two things that this team doesn't do particularly well. Uh, I'll tell you, Merrifield is a good thing we didn't we didn't jump around on. You know, you, you're able to stick to your guns about Whit Merrifield the whole time <laughs> if you thought he sucked. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, the instant losing a spot to Jackie Bradley Jr. in 2022 is he made and, me and it being a good move. Uh, his his turn at pitching, which is usually like uh, that that turned the fans around on Kendrys Morales. If That's you right, correctly. Um. Cliff Pennington as well, I believe. He actually made a pitcher, I mean, a, a position player pitching, like, bad. Did you, <laughs> did you find that? I, no, I actually didn't see that because I had turned the game off by that point. Because, like, you know, you like the you like the position player pitching and go in there and flash something. And he was, like, throwing, like, you know, uh, sidearm backyard. <laughs> I, I was like, that's not what this is supposed to be, pitching, you know. It's supposed to be a casual. Humorless in everything he does. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Bradley Zimmer back. Love to, love to see it. You know, I I cannot get worked up about Bradley Zimmer taking one of the extra roster spots. I know that seems to be a thing people want to do this week. Moreno. Not, it's not Moreno, Jake. Well, he's not coming until the C- AAA season ends. I don't know why everyone's all... Well, you only get... Because you only get one slot. Yeah, but season got extended by a month this year. I know, but what do you, you know? You got have this conversation in a month. There's only a month left. A month, it's too late. Well, it's not like Moreno came up and fucking lit the world on fire anyway. I'm just saying, this is who else This is who else. No, I, I know that's the argument. I just, I just personally, I am not going to get upset about the final roster spot on the team right now. Interesting. Yeah, I base running, interesting, interesting. Some, some. A guy you could, like... Obviously, I don't think that Bradley Zimmer has any value at the plate at all. Negative value, you could argue. Mm-hmm. But, you know, to Blake's point and to your point that you just said, having the fast extra base runner guy in big moments is not a bad thing. Although I will ask the question out loud, is he a good base runner or just a fast base runner? I think he might just be fast, but something that's all you need. Look at Dalton Pompey. I know. Well, sometimes he's one... be good, too. <laughs> Dalton Pompey's like one sniff at productivity with the Blue Jays was just being a fast guy. Yeah, he had a hot minute where he was, where he was the defensive. Like they're like, ooh, defensive. Remember he started that true. season in center yeah, over, that's over right. Pilar. That's right. Uh, and like boy. to that point, I'm also not going to sit here and say that I think that Bradley Zimmer brings more value than Moreno. Right. No, I know he doesn't. But like, yeah. Moreno's not getting called up to the end of the AAA season. So not all about it's not all it's all not all about value either at this point. It's about yeah meaningful contribution to win this year's World Series. And also, George Springer's arm might fall off at any moment, so more center fielders who can play the position is fine. Yeah. Yeah, he throws himself at the ground an awful lot, doesn't he? I'm genuinely terrified when he does 
pretty much anything. It's so weird to me that he's playing center field and they have like like they'll have him in center and Jackie Bradley Jr. in right. To me, that's like that doesn't seem right. It doesn't. But also, I, I don't know. I'm enjoying Jackie Bradley's tenure as a Blue Jay. Yeah, I love Jackie Bradley. This is way better than Whit Merrifield in every way. What yeah, absolutely, absolutely true. I guess he was free. Um, yeah. On the plus side, they haven't they haven't shown any sort of like desire to have to play Whit Merrifield a lot. I like that about this. Yeah. Um, we're back down to earth with Alejandro Kirk a little bit. Yeah. A lot of bit, I would say. A lot of bit, I would say. Still fun to root for. Still a good contact guy, but the power seems to have zapped a little bit. Speaking of speaking of Gabriel Moreno, catcher who can't hit for power. Al Kirk's sort of getting his Ichiro on. He's hitting slap. <laughs> <laughs> and slap liners and infield singles. Yeah, I mean, like, I think that one was bound to happen. He's sure. bound to regress a little bit. I still think he's a good hitter. I still think he's, you know, I think he's back to being maybe a trade chip in the offseason from like, oh, we can't let go of this guy. Yeah, we'll see. He's, he's If you were somebody who was like, I want to showcase him for a year, this year has gone about as well as you could ask for it to go. Absolutely. For like, you can look at the stats and be like, here's the guy you want. Um, yeah. Yeah, interesting week. I mean, there's the Kikuchi bullpen thing. There's not much to that. He hasn't pitched very well. So what yeah, do you, he's, what do you he's want? still pretty bad. And Teoscar, flipped the, he flipped his he flipped his vibes with the hat thing. Hit a big home run tonight. I knew that was going to happen. Made a nice catch tonight as well. The catch, the catch first, and then the hit. You could sort of see him like say thank God that he caught it on the play. Where he, very nice. Great to have Teoscar back. Great to have Happy Teoscar. He was going through it there. A lot of strikeouts. Not a lot of production. Yeah, uh, and a couple and the like. Foot. I don't want to say lazy plays in the outfield, but definitely a couple, a couple easy misses, a couple bad slow base running mo- moments. You remember that when he's not hitting, you remember all that stuff. That's the thing about Taylor, yeah, right? When he is hitting, you're sort of like, ah, that's hilarious. <laughs> when he's not hitting, that's <laughs> Guriel's similar in that respect as well. Yeah, I I, need, I can't wait for the the season to end so I can look at Guriel's year and be like, what did I just? What happened? It there? is truly bizarre. Although it's this, here's this here's the thing I was thinking about though right is did we not just did we not just bitch and moan about uh, Bichette right being like he's not gonna, he'll never change his approach he's never going to do what it takes to be this and that and like Guriel sort of does do that right that's sort true of just, I mean would you be shocked to learn that Guriel is currently ninth in American League batting average not at all he's he's he's, he's been above and around three hundred all year long yeah. He's getting 295 right now. Not surprised by that. Yeah, um, and, and I think, yeah. you know, that's actually a really interesting point. I hadn't thought of that, about how he's just changed his approach and is maybe becoming a different kind of hitter. It's very weird. Very weird, because it's like it's it's not changing his OPS all that much, though, right? It's sort of like he's no, sort of... He's 50 <laughs> points below his career and three below his career OPS plus. He's actually having a better year by OPS plus than last year. Yeah, very strange. It is Which is also also a, a great sort of point to jump in and say, you know, what a different year it is. OPS plus last year, as you said, five points lower, but it's actual OPS. Yes. Almost 50 points higher. So it's like the, the, the or pardon me, almost 40 points higher. The It's a much different year, I think, something that has taken a long time to sort of sink in. Yeah, I think, and that's sort of what I meant with the Vladdy's home runs, where you look at it today and you're like, God, he only has 27. That's like, oh, that's like top five in the American League. Marcus Simeon ended up ended up having a pretty good year so far, believe it or not. Did he really? Last time I've, you checked. 
I didn't. I haven't checked since he was having a terrible year. Actually, yeah, he's got 20, 20 home <laughs> runs. Uh, turning it around, and he's a good shortstop. Always helps. Um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Hey, listen, it, it, they are what they are so far. I think their record is, and it's, everything seems to be about fair. As as again, as we went through, everything seems to be about fair. And you just sort of at this point, you're just sort of sitting there waiting for it to work. I think is sort of how I feel. Yeah, maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. But like that's. Sort of the boat they're in now. This is who they are. We, we sort of know who they are. We know what drives it. We know what is trouble to watch, and and we'll see if they pull it off. That's sort of the beauty of the beauty of sports. But yeah, I think I think we know who they are through a hundred and what a hundred and twenty, hundred and thirty plus games. I think it's also worth pointing out, and I know neither of us are big expected guys, but uh, according to the RPI this year. The Blue Jays' actual record is directly the same as their expected record. So there you go. So there you go. So they are. So they are what they are. Couldn't be more true. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. They have, they have flaws and strengths, and, and playoff baseball is about just sort of timing more, more than anything. Um, love. The, I you know, I wanted to be a curmudgeon at first about the extra wild card spot, but it really is, really it's is. Pretty, it's pretty. Fun. I. I still don't know how I f- I don't know how I feel yet about the three games. We shall see. If they lose three in the trap, I will probably say that it's bad again. <laughs> yeah, but I uh, the extra spot it does make the season more more exciting. I will, I, I I cannot deny that. Yeah, it's just and just the amount of teams that you're sort of worrying about and watching. It's yeah, sort of, it's sort of fun. Minnesota in the mix. Balt- been Baltimore's in the mix since like mid August. Yeah, Seattle's in the mix. Like it's great. Tons of fun. Uh, everything but Tampa is fun to see. Yeah, Fuck. <laughs> and Baltimore. I don't care for Baltimore. Yeah, it's not cute at all to me either. I agree with you. I don't think that's funny or cute at all. If Baltimore no. is like ruining the year. <laughs> it's annoying. It's extremely annoying. I just want them to. I just need them to go on a, like a little losing streak, and then they can be. They can just be cute take care down to five hundred. Just, just gotta be, take care of business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, that's it. We're gonna open up the mailbag after this. Yeah. Question mark. Yeah, why not? I don't have anything else, so not may as well. Thing. Great. Now back after this. We get into the mailbag. The first question comes from uh, Andrew Robertson. Who from the Jays organization would be your subject to observe and imitate as a student of the fielder method? Oh. Uh, I feel like it has to be a pitcher because I have a theory that all pitchers are psychopaths. Yeah. I think I would have to – he says organization. So I would have to be like one of the coaches who doesn't really do anything. You know what I mean? Mm, bullpen coach. Or bullpen, no, sorry, yeah. bullpen catcher. Yeah, I would have to be like, uh, it had to be like Pete Walker, right? Is it just a guy who like, most of his job is sort of like walking around, looking at stuff, thinking, and then whispering mm. a few a few words. Like, obviously, it would be hard because I don't know 
pitching would be the one that would probably be hardest for me to even fake. I'd be like, I don't know what. Uh, you're you're right. I guess it couldn't be a player because you'd have to be able to then play, You'd be able to play a little yeah. bit. So I think it would have to be a. But, you know, there's front office nerds and stuff um, you could pick. Oh, yeah. I feel like Ross Atkins would be an interesting one because I feel like he's probably a real weirdo. Yeah. Um, I think I would maybe do. I think I would maybe do one of the like bullpen coaches. Yeah, the guy who answers the phone in the bullpen. I think I might have talked myself into Atkins. Be fun. Just like be a fucking nerd who doesn't know how to talk to people. Not like us, cool guys. Oh, no, we're social butterflies. <laughs> cool, sick dudes. Uh, yeah, I think that's obviously. I think that's the play, and uh, yeah. sort of to to um, run that into sort of a side conversation. Jake, you, I, I take it from your reaction, you've seen the rehearsal. Yes, we watched all of it, and were delighted and terrified all at the same time. Truly, a special work. Uh, I'm not quite done it yet. I think there's six episodes, right? Yeah, I'm through episode. I'm through episode four. He has just gone to Los the Angeles. The last two. Back. The last two are quite something. Yeah, I, I it, a combination of you know my television watching habits aren't what they were um, mm. at this current moment. My the long stretches of time aren't available, um, and watching it with Melissa, so it's sort of like almost one episode a week sort of conversation. Yeah, and not wanting to binge it as well because it's so dense and so weird. Um, yeah, we watched we watched them one week at like as they aired, so one week at a time. Beautiful. I think, uh, I think it's. Uh, I don't think it would work well all at once. Yeah, I can't. I uh, yeah, I have no. I have no idea what to even expect. I can't wait. Um, yeah, some, some truly unbelievable that this is that this is the show. But uh, awesome. It is really. truly like I will say that it is truly like nothing I've ever seen. Yeah, I can't. You, it's I'm speech. I'm speechless. It's it's hard to even uh, go into it in depth with just like how. how renders me dumbfounded honestly to watch I will, it <laughs> i will say this uh i won't go into too many details because you haven't finished it yet but the discourse after the finale really turned against him mm-hmm. and all i will say is that if you were on the side of the negative discourse of the show i think you're missing the point right and i'll, I'll leave it at that to not ruin it for anyone who hasn't finished it but uh and i don't mean that in like a uh, it's smarter than you think, Rick and Morty. <laughs> right. I just mean like I think you're literally missing the point. Are you saying that they're getting work like Marx? Kinda, yeah. Yeah. When in doubt, Jake, if I learned anything about talking about wrestling, you just tell them that they're getting that they're getting work like Marx. But like, but gen, but genuinely, also yeah. yes. Exactly. Exactly right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, great. Yeah. Great. Truly landmark stuff that I. I again struggling to find the descriptor for. Yeah, it's unbelievable. It's he's. I would never ever want to live a moment in his brain, but I'm sure glad we get to watch the results. Uh, our uh, from Black Home Terry, our Tapia Merrifield, JBJ Zimmer, the outfield bench mob. <laughs> um, I like Jackie Bradley Jr. I know we've already I done this, too. but what a should have done this a long time ago, fellas. I know he hasn't been that great, but just nice and easy, re- reassuring back there in a way that none of the other guys are. Yeah, in that on that list. Um, but are they are they the new outfield bench mob? Are you are you quietly rooting for the ragtag group of fourth outfielders, Jake? Uh, I'm quietly rooting for Jackie Bradley Jr. 
And Zims. We love, we love and Zim. Zims. I think I've seen about enough of Tapia. Yeah, you get, you get, you get it, right? You get, you get yeah. the, what you're getting. Yeah, I think he had his nice little streak that was very useful, and uh, I'm very happy he went through it because it was useful for the team. Yeah, but, uh, I think I think we're I think we've seen what we need to see there. For Tapia, he's one of the guys that for me, where it's like, if it was Jackie Bradley Jr. defense with that package, I'd be like, yeah, okay, like, yes, yeah, hundred absolutely. But when he's also not, when you're also sort of wincing on when the ball gets hit to him, then you're like, all right, well, this is not. That, that then you might be. as well have one of the other guys who can hit but can't play defense. Yeah, either. you can't you can't not really hit and not play defense. You have to be able yeah. to do one other things. Um, yeah, I'm with you. I, I get it. I get I get the package. And and listen, is there a chance that he hits a slap single in a big spot coming up and we all fall in love with him for sure? sure. Yeah, but, absolutely. Uh, and I still prefer him on the team instead of Gritrick, so it's fine. Absolutely, Gritrick's been very bad. Not to nobody's surprise. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm rooting for these guys. Everyone but Tapia. Pardon me, everyone but Merrifield mostly. And even yeah. if he pulls through, it'd be fine. Yeah, even but, though I even though I think I'm done with Tapia, I still kind of like him. Yeah, I want Zimmer to I want Zimmer to make a big play. That's all. I, I would really love want. for, you know, we're talking last. I know this won't happen. I would love for the last roster spot to go to Moreno in the end because they cut Merrifield. I'll say that. <laughs> Beautiful. Uh, the Blue Jays win uh, seventy and fifty-eight on the season. Yay! Look at that. Look at that. All they, all they had to do was play a different bad team. <laughs> hey, they got another bad team coming this weekend, so hopefully they can keep it up. Um, improving to eighty-eight and a half win pace. Here they go. Uh, one last question. Good mailbag. Um, oh yeah, sorry. Yeah, the Red Jerseys thing. We talked about it. Yeah. And then yeah. didn't get confused, but I don't like the red jerseys ever. No, no, no question. I, I hate them a lot. Uh, and Roy Z, last question. Lads, I've turned off more games this year than ever before. When you've seen enough games, you develop an instinct of when to let one go. My instinct is, do you, when do you decide to turn a game off or not turn it on at all? What's your, what's, your, what's your barometer? I very rarely don't turn it on at all. Right. But to the question... I think you're absolutely correct. There is an instinct. Yeah. I, you re, I, on Friday, uh, I was watching the game. I mean, the fact that I was at the cottage helped. Of I course. Just turn it off and do anything else. But it it reached a point. I think it got to like eight nothing, in like the sixth or seventh or whatever. It just reached a point where where I was. This team builds frustration. Sure. And there's a moment in games like Friday. Where the frustration just becomes a okay, that's enough. Yeah, and it was really frustrating to watch. Just like just the fact of losing to the Angels, first of all, and the fact they couldn't score on the Angels, and it was coming off the New York Boston series. Just got to a point around the sixth, the seventh, where you you just kind of feel like they're not going to come back today. And it's like that's enough. Uh, Roy, I think we're about the same age. Um, as you said, when you see a whole bunch of them, you sort of know when to walk away. I also, um, having worked in sports for a really long time, I also have developed a bit of a relationship where it's like even the even the really hype games, like you 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 can just go see the footage later. You can you can still mm. experience it. So I'm not as precious about watching things live as I used to. Oh, be. so I've never I've never enjoyed uh, taping. Uh, sports games not even taping but like hearing that the Jays game was crazy the night before and then just like going back and and seeing what happened um, mm. is still in, it's 
is still exciting and um you know obviously with twitter you can sort of keep a game you can keep a game at arm's length you can be like i'll sometimes let a game go for a little bit like i'll eight o'clock if it's already um, if they're down i'm just like oh i'll check back in here in half an hour to 45 minutes or if people start tweeting about it excitedly just sort of jump back in um I let, i'll let that happen a lot and then obviously with a newborn sometimes i just go to bed or sometimes i am picking it back up in bed for seven eight nine so um yeah i am less precious than i used to be about having to take in every single moment of the season i used to be like i would not turn it off for anything and listen i sometimes do let the blowouts bleed out i think i watched the 12 nothing game almost in its entirety it was on in front of me because there wasn't a lot else going on right on friday so other options obviously help a lot too but yeah i'm a lot less precious than i used to be i think that's fair in general baby i'm less precious I used to be so precious uh okay <laughs> uh, i don't even know that is it for another week of the mailbag thank you so much for your calls and your texts and your emails um great stuff if you want to get on you know to add us at less than jays gmail uh, on uh twitter less than jays at gmail.com uh email or 833-714-7774 that's the phone line more less than jays can be found at patreon.com slash less than jays let's close this thing out with reverse mailbag and our goodbyes after this Now, let me see. I th- think we might have gotten a voicemail this week. Ooh. Hey, guys. It's Paul Adam. Uh, I got two reverse mailbags for you. Uh, first of all, I never fucking know where my laptop is. Uh, because now when I do work at home, I do it on a work computer. When I'm looking just at the internet, uh, I do it on my phone. And when Sorry. I watch TV with my wife, we always do it on her laptop. So my guy is always just in a drawer somewhere missing uh, where my kid can't get it and play with it. Just <laughs> um, where the country is. Um, when I was a kid, my family took me apple picking at this farm. I think it was out near Major McKenzie and honestly Leslie. And then when I was like 12 years old, we went back on the weekend and they had totally plowed it over and turned it into a subdivision. And that was the day that I realized that the country is here and this is the city now and mm. the country is gone and it's been replaced by Toronto. So mm. for me, nostalgically, anywhere the country is, is where you can go and pay someone to pick an apple. Oh. Thanks. Love you guys. Doing great work. Bye. Okay. Great call. Lot to, lot to break down there. Okay, so first of all, love the information about sort of the, I don't want to call it a burner laptop, but the... Second laptop. I'd say third string, yeah, third string laptop even, right? Because he said he had a, there was work laptop, wife laptop, and then his old boy that is in a drawer somewhere. Do you have, um, I almost want to call it like that technology, I, I know what he's talking about in that like I have laptops that I never used and hadn't plugged in in years that I just sort of like had kept with me even after we had gotten new laptops or something do you have anything like that or do you have like a memory of a particularly fond not anymore i used to i used to that with ipods right like when ipods were a thing before we just put everything on our phones 
right? Uh, but no, I now because I just it's just easier to afford things. My I got a new laptop last year, uh-huh. and I just sent my old one in because I got money for it. Very good. Because Apple has like a trade-in thing, and I was like, oh, this will knock some money off the price of a new computer because computers are expensive. Right. I I was I remember. Uh... Geez, I was dragging around a refurbished Acer for the longest time. Yeah. Just like moving, like moving from one like, and then bringing the laptop. It's like, what are you even doing with this? I'm hoping to not do this anymore, but I used to, like until last year, I used to really like, I don't do this with any other technology, but weirdly I do with the thing I use the most often and the thing I need to for my job. But I tend to run laptops into the ground. Cool. Like I'll, I'll, I'll use the same laptop for like, 12 years yeah it's so funny i was like like, falling apart and just like slow and shitty but the same but and i need it for everything i do and i'm like "Ah, i gotta get a new phone every two years though right makes no makes no sense well that's for you're looking looking at your phone yeah i guess so laptops for using you know (laughs) yeah you know what unfortunately that does make sense to me um, yeah, boy, it's so funny that you talk about that the 12 year thing. Cause I mean, I, I dragged that Acer around everywhere and then it's one of those things that I bought, I got a new computer and then I was like, damn, like I bought that Acer refurbished 10 years ago. <laughs> like <laughs> it wasn't a good computer when I had it new and I, and I just like took it everywhere. A whole, a whole version of myself, uh, clinging to that laptop. So yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Um, that's funny. I hadn't thought about the kid not getting a hold of it. I need to start thinking about that with... Uh, everything that we own, I think. Yeah. Put everything <laughs> in protective tape. Every single thing that is anywhere. Great. That's not too that's not too daunting. Just all of our stuff is what I have to protect. <laughs> <laughs> uh and the other part of that, I love that definition of the country. That's I really do. That makes a lot of sense. Anything that's not the city, I was almost starting to think he was going to say is the country. Yeah, I think but I think the, because I think, and I could be wrong, and I'll probably get yelled at for saying so. I think this is where the conflict between myself and some of our friends comes in with the country where I am speaking from a memory of long past. Yes. Of As growing up in Toronto. Right. Everything that was in Toronto 20 years country. ago was yeah. the country. Maybe that's not true anymore. So maybe we're technically both right, but things change. I will say the way that Paul explained it did make me sort of really see the viewpoint. Yeah. Telling the story about going there as a youth and coming back and it, and it sort of being swallowed up by what Toronto is. Could just uh, be times are changing, you know. You better start swimming or you'll sink like a stone. Um, yeah, I got to say, Paul, anywhere you can pick an apple, that's a pretty good definition of where the country is. That's pretty damn good. Not gonna lie. Great call. 833-714-77774. The bar is set. And listen, as you can tell, we hadn't heard that before we put it on the air. Yeah, we're clearly discussing it first blush. So there you go. Jake, reverse mailbag last week. You gave a couple of options. I remember it quite well. Um you said you could people could give our recommendation to Leftfield Brewery, which a few people a few people did. That's right. Uh I've heard that we should be having a collab. Yes, a few, a few people said that online after, after last week's episode. Um, we asked people where their laptops were, which we heard a great call from Paul Adam just now uh, about. And then you asked where, when does it become the country, right? Yes. Uh, Christine Baldwin writes us, 
on Patreon. Patreon.com slash less than Jays. Hey guys, I figured I should weigh in on the country question as I am someone who lives on a farm. Calgary is a weird city with terrible urban sprawl, so I live on a 65-acre farm. It is only five minutes to the suburbs, the closest grocery store, big box stores, etc. So I would consider the country to be anywhere where you aren't directly beside your neighbor and also not in an area with a neighborhood name. That's a good That's a good answer. We are headed to Calgary to go to the store or whatever in the suburbs. We call it going to town. And if you're heading to the city core, you'll be going downtown. I don't think anyone out here would say one was heading to the country. doesn't seem to be a thing. I think that's a great description. Mm, that is a good description. I like that. So we've heard Paul Adams' description, which is anywhere that uh, you can pick an apple, which is great, a great answer. Uh, Christine, with a, with the great answer that I think I resonate strongly with, Anywhere where you aren't directly beside your neighbor and not in an area with a neighborhood name. I think the neighborhood name might, might be the answer for me. Uh, a When you are in the country, to me, Jake, my answer to this. Oh, actually, I think there might be one more answer to the... There's one on, one on the text line as well. Uh, sorry. One more. This comes from James Nielsen. Uh, country is anything outside of the urban suburban parts of southern Ontario that looks green on an aerial photo. A little more... Mm. Uh, little more scientific answer there from James. I would say in in concert with what Christine said in the in the inbox. To me the country is any place where you are unsure of what town you are in. <laughs> I actually know exactly what you mean. Right? Yeah. If, when you're in when you're in a town or when you are in a small city, you're like you're you're never like, "Hey, are we still in Kitchener. Hey, are we still in Guelph? Hey, are we still in even Stratford? You know because you're in the town. When you're just sort of driving and it's just sort of like there's no structure or 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 like you know town square sort of, and you're just sort of like you you better hope that you passed a sign that lets you know that you've changed towns. Um, I think that's what I would consider the country. Yeah, I think you know what I, I like that. I think that makes sense. What's your, if I had to ask you, weighing all that we've heard, what do you consider the country? Oh, I'm going to tread carefully here to not get our friends mad at me again. Well, it's, you have uh, an interesting perspective. I think, I don't know, I think that it, to me, the country, I think the green thing is a big one for me. Right, mostly green. Yeah, and like when you're driving, like the town itself may not be country, but like if everything's surrounding it, it's in it's the country. Country, okay. it's it, to me that's in the country. Gotcha. Gotcha. So I see. I think the difference is having grown up in the town in the small town, I don't consider the town in the country, but I see what you mean. Is it is it yes. I'm a small town surrounded by all the country. I'm in the country. It may not be the country, but it is in the country. Yeah. I think that makes sense. I like it. Uh I don't think anybody else, I don't think anybody did where is my laptop other than Paul on the phone line. Which I appreciate. <laughs> this week's track, mine is uh, in front of me. Yo, uh, mine's also in front of me. That's how we record. There we go. That's this week's edition of Where's Your Laptop. Uh, I guess it's my turn. I guess it's my turn. Uh, I'm gonna make. I'm gonna make one. I'm gonna try to make this a little more interactive. Uh, very simple, Jake. Very simple question for you uh, and our viewers to consider. And you can you can answer you can have this answered as open ended as, as you would like, okay? 
I'm gonna give you that opening. It, it, like, is it, I'm sort of gonna word it vaguely on purpose, so that you can translate it however you feel best. Okay. Okay. Reverse mailbag question this week is very simple. What is your favorite picture? Ooh, interesting. What's your favorite okay. picture? Okay. You let me you let us know at less than jays on Twitter, less than jays at gmail.com, or uh, call us 833-714-7774. You get your voice played on the show, just like Paul Adam did. Uh, and he's we've said his name like five times since then. Paul Adam, Paul Adam. The guy, the guy calls in. He gets on the show. <laughs> Just that easy. Lowest standards you could possibly imagine. Um, that's it for the show. Let us know all those places. Uh, if you want more, patreon.com slash less than Jays. As I said, we have uh, Sunday Scaries and uh, other stuff. We're, we're starting to crank the mill back out of uh, extra stuff there for our fans in the high tiers. All of that and more, patreon.com slash less than Jays. Until then, next week for September baseball. Oh, baby. Thank you so much for being a part of Less Than Jays. <laughs>